Welcome, everyone, to our uh, our free agency bonanza podcast. I mean, we've used extravaganza, Jim. We've used bonanza. I think I need another word to describe the madness that is free agency. It really wasn't a lot of madness, though. A lot of kind of a lot of waiting and seeing and waiting, right? It's hey, this is fatty free agency time. Fatty beer free agency. Um, I should have I should have worked fatty in. You're right. I did, just call. hit me. I, I'm sitting there staring ah. at our brand new logo on Streamyard. I'm looking at our brand new logo, fatty beer. I'm just like, it makes me want to be there with you. But hey, this is a good setup. <laughs> I think what we're learning about free agency, Tyler, it's quarterback driven. I mean. You can get you can get excited about some of these moves, and a, a lot of them are you know we're going to we'll, we'll talk about a lot of them, but impact. Well, that's what you have to really to me is determine what are the impact signings or what's a a roster signing. Hey, that team needs a that type of role player or that he fits that team for right now. So it's a, you know, so I think a lot of our impact signings are what we look for to talk about in free agency. I should say this is go along with Dunn and Monas for those checking out our podcast here for the first time on the live stream. So it was time to upgrade, Jim, as you alluded to there. You know, we've been we've been zooming. We've been zooming along with this podcast. And usually we want to do it in person at Fatty Beer Company, Orchard Park, Hamburg, downtown Buffalo, Kenmore, Tonawanda. Nick and Chris are all over the place. We we prefer to do it in person because that means we probably have a little IPA, a little sour, seasonal in our hand. But um, you know, we wanted to do a uh, an emergency podcast here of sorts and and ramp it up a degree. So we've got we've got Streamyard now, and we wanna we wanna hear from you. So thanks a lot for for listening. You can download Apple, Spotify, Amazon, wherever you listen to your podcast, and of course go along. TD.com, where you'll get all of our profiles, deep dives, Q&As, and uh, premium Bob McGinn. So I guess we got to start with Aaron Rodgers. That's where we always have to start, Jim. Come on. Come on. I mean, let's not fool ourselves. We got to start there. Okay. <laughs> That's what the people want. All right. We'll do a special go long instead of Aaron Rodgers. This is for hardcore go long fans. But – Chris Manhurt signed with the Denver Broncos. Hey, years, a Chris Manhurt sighting. I love it. Hey, it goes way back. And to think that he never played organized football before, you know, until he came to Buffalo. <laughs> anyway, that goes to the, th- the fact that Sean Payton, the guy that, you know, I used to work for the Saints. And now Chris Manhurts, who, you know, I scouted and kind of gave an opportunity to get into the league, um, helped him get an opportunity to get in the league. Um, it's pretty cool to see, but all right. On the Aaron Rodgers, I was going to say, we could just start this with a, a Jim Monas appreciation segment where, you know, we're seeing some of your old draft picks, you know, getting paid. I mean, and, and signings, no, Jordan this, Poyer. This hey, is when he's going to get, he's going to get a contract. This is when, like when you're on the personnel side of it, even when you're in it, I'm out of it now, but you still feel good for all the players. You know what they, you know how hard they work to get to this point, the stress, mental and physical stress that everybody goes through. People don't realize how, you know, they see the contracts these players get on these days and they just think 
NFL, they just think the NFL, everybody's making money, getting this and that. A lot of these guys, they're in it for two, three years, and, and this contract is their last one, you know. And and so I guess I always look at it as good for them, happy to see, know where they come from. So this is fun for me in free agency. But yeah, there are some good players that we've uh, talked about plenty on Go Long going elsewhere. All right, well, let's start with uh, a recurring guest of sorts on the show. And thank you, everybody who's checking us out on, on Twitter and who listens after the fact. But, you know, I think a deal has to be in place, right, with Aaron Rodgers, the Green yeah. Bay Packers, the New York Jets. Um, he obviously visited with the team. We heard Mark Murphy at the Wisconsin. But, by the way, that's just the best way to hear from the de facto owner, the team president. He's at the Wisconsin Girls state basketball tournament, just answering questions from the local TV stations, being honest as hell. A lot of people freaking out over what he said. Oh my gosh. I can't believe he really said that about Aaron Rodgers. Well, he's just being honest. And I think you can take from that, that the ball is at the one centimeter line between these two teams. And they're just waiting for Aaron Rodgers to say, yes, I want to play football. It is time. Let's play. And Green Bay's Moving on, we've been show and at golongtd.com for four weeks now, close to four weeks, when, when Bob dropped uh, the bombshell, the bombshell there, that Green Bay is moving on to what they believe is Aaron Rodgers 2.0. That hasn't changed publicly. Brian Gudekins, in so many words, said the exact same thing. Mark Murphy now, in so many words, has said the exact same thing. So, you know, I think if you were to catch them in an honest moment, Jim, and, and so for those who don't know that are hearing Jim for the first time, my co-host here, scout with the Philadelphia Eagles, scout with the New, or- New Orleans Saints of the Southeast, and then he was the director of pro personnel for your Buffalo Bills and current fo- director of football ops for the XFL. So you've been in this chair, Jim. Um, I feel like they'd love a first-round pick. Hell, they probably would love to go into a time machine to the last two off-seasons and take three, four first-round picks, they'll just take whatever they want. If the Jets want to eat that $59 million, they, they, I think they, they're at a point where they just want to go on to Jordan Love, get the show started, and it's a matter of getting the Jets, getting Aaron Rodgers, getting everybody on page. But what's your read on the situation, just from a, a front office point of view? Green Bay's been through it before. It's just like anything else that you've done in life. That first time – you do something a little bit risky or um, I don't want to put a gamble on it, but when you go through something and survive it and green Bay did that with Favre and Aaron Rodgers, here it is again, they were prepared for it. They've been through it before. They trust their talent evaluation on love. It's his time. It's why they drafted him. They believe it. They're tired of being, they're tired of waiting, tired of whatever. We don't know exactly what they're tired of. You may know. You've been on it for a long time. They may be tired of it all. Who knows? But it's time. You've mentioned that that saying that you and Doug Whaley would would bring up from time to time, right? It's what is it again? To, you, you tolerate something. Production as equals long as tolerance. The talents there. Production, Production equals, equals tolerance. tolerance. And. I, I understood the reasons why they wouldn't trade a reigning MVP, obviously. He wins MVP. Yeah. You are going to clutch to that quarterback in the name of self-preservation alone as long as you can. 
Um, but yeah, I think those lines have crossed. He didn't throw for 300 yards in the game last season. His legs really weren't underneath him. He blew off the off season, didn't work with his young receivers. All the things we've talked about on this show, Jim. And Jordan Love has been there every step of the way. Jordan Love is in direct communication with his head coach via his private quarterbacks coach every day, all offseason long. He's doing it right now. And they've, they've seen it beyond that Philly game. They, they saw it the last two months of the season when he's working with the number one offense. So that the number one reason that they're this willing to move on is what, they, what they've seen in Jordan Love, for sure. Uh, but to answer your question, yeah, I think it's just not worth it at this point to kind of you put up with a certain amount of theatrics when he's so damn good and he's at the line of scrimmage, mm-hmm. just orchestrate, you know, he's, he's a, he's a maestro up there with Devonte Adams and that element's gone. So what's he waiting for? I don't know. I mean, are, are we all waiting for a LeBron James taking my talents to New Jersey esque appearance on Pat McAfee? Is, is this going to be an event or is he, I mean, look at it this way too, Jim. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is in a position of leverage because Jimmy Garoppolo signed with the Las Vegas Raiders. The veteran options are getting low for the Jets. Derek Carr, he didn't mess around. He went to the New Orleans Saints. The Jets aren't going to draft another quarterback. They don't want to go that road again. They just whiffed on Sam Darnold, Zach Wilson. So everybody knows they want a veteran with, with a really good roster, right? They've drafted really well. Joe Douglas, who you know well from the scouting trail, Maybe Rodgers is in a position. He's he's a smart guy. Hey, I want I, here's here's my list of demands. Joe, Alan Lazard, Robert Tunyon, whatever's left of Randall Cobb. I'm sure he didn't you put him like Cobb. that, but he, but he no Cobb, him. right? Yeah, you know Cobb. That's a package deal. You don't even have to say Cobb. It's just that's just a, Cobb, Cobb will be trotting out there with Rodgers till the end of time. Um, but he could he could really kind of. Back him into a corner if he want. He could back. He could back Green Bay into a corner. He can drag this on and on and could and call their too. bluff and say, "Oh, you're moving on with with Jordan Love." Let let's see. Let's see. So it's it's kind of in his court. Like how how ugly does he want this to get? And if a deal is done by the time you're listening to this, then obviously a deal is done. But man, they, it it could it could get ugly, right? I mean, I don't know if there's really a precedent for this situation. No, I don't know how much uglier it could get, though. I mean, I guess it could. I was thinking about what you said, though, about LeBron. It's Do you think Aaron Rodgers would really do it and dedicate everything to a charity and change kids' lives with what he did with that? Right. Well, you know, we, we do dump on that LeBron appearance. Because I, it don't, was, I don't. I don't. I respect it. Was, I like right, what he did. Right. It was, we, we forget that it was for charity. You're right. Yeah, there was it really was a good. Yeah, a lot of good At the end of the that. day, it was pretty pointless. It was a pretty cool thing to think an announcement is helping kids, and we made that into a whatever, a bigger deal than it needed to be. That Maybe that was the point of that, that it came across like LeBron was making it pay attention to my decision. I mean, which, you think? Okay, so how do you a little do narcissistic that? there? How I'm do you taking spin my talents? How do you spin it though? So to listen to my announcement, I mean, I he would... could he could have just gone into the darkness retreat. He didn't need to announce that he was going into the darkness. Well, and then have I'm the saying, podcast after you. the fact before he even talked to Brian Gutekind. So I don't know. I There'll be something. You, you make it about yourself. Yeah, he's making it about himself. 
Trey Wingo did say a deal is done. And Trey Wingo has been right on all things Aaron Rodgers to this point. So I feel like ESPN did. Did ESPN put like a, a witness? I don't I haven't seen or heard from Trey Wingo in years until this Aaron Rodgers thing. Like he's in like the witness protection. Yeah. Like he left ESPN. I haven't even heard from him. How, how does he get information? What is he doing now that he has inside info? Hey, he's the he's the Rogers whisperer, you know. Well, they're just out there gambling something. in Vegas. Yeah, I think Trey Wingo's out in Vegas. So I guess though, I mean, as we talk here on Monday night, you know, nothing official, uh, but it it is holding up the Packers to an extent, uh, but more so the Jets. And this other quarterback movement to an extent, but it's kind of the Jets or who else at this point? You know, I guess if Aaron Rodgers wanted to, and this is something that Tom Silverstein broke down beautifully when we had him on last week, is he could take this through the draft if he really wanted to. He, he's teams, there, there's a handful, there's a cluster of those teams, right, that are obviously going to draft a quarterback. And if he's just going to play one year and some of these teams really don't want to play that rookie quarterback for one year, maybe, I don't, maybe one of those teams factors in, but it does feel like it's kind of jets or bust at this point. Jets are retirement. Green Bay has moved on. I think so. I mean, I think that's how I take it. I just feel like it would have been done. I mean, there was too much time for these two. They've been through it too long to not know what it will take to get it done. Right. You know, to me, so, this is about this is about now. Can the Jets meet whatever Aaron Rodgers wants? So comp- compensation wise, or not once? I should say not Aaron Rodgers, but everybody is everybody going to be on board with? Well, I think it's. Out of desperation, the Jets have to be on board. I mean, Woody Johnson has said all along that he wants a veteran. They want to win. They want to go that route. But at the same time, I would I would think that the Jets would have to still think big picture. They've got a lot of young players. They've got a really promising nucleus. You're going to need some buy-in from Aaron Rodgers this offseason. You are. And I, this is where we, we, we have to disagree once in a while, Jim. We no, can't no, agree no. on everything. But – Going to the Jets. When it comes to OT season and everything you do, yeah, right. March, April, May, June. No, those months matter, and I, I don't yeah. think I really realized how much that time matters until I was, where is it, working on that book behind me, and and you, these tight ends and these quarterbacks. Peyton Manning was explaining how you know him and Dallas Clark. I mean, he really did say Dallas Clark is the player who just took our offense to another level, right? They. They were, they were moving the ball a lot, scoring a lot, yeah. but not winning in the playoffs before he got there. And he's just that that dude you can put in the slot, put out wide, move around, 44, no gloves, absolute legend. And my God, was he fun to talk to for blood and guts. But every offseason, instead of just going out there on a field and working up the old Don Coriel route tree, one through nine, they'd pick like one specific route on that day. And they would just drill it. 25 times again and again and again, like and in every single time Dallas Clark would come back to Peyton and say, let's tweak this. Like I'm going to do this out of this break or, you know, maybe place the ball right here. And, and Peyton would give him feedback. 
and, and it seems monotonous, and it seems like it wouldn't matter. But he said, "Oh, Peyton Manning, he brought that same Peyton intensity to a main practice that he did in Foxborough with seventy thousand fans who want him dead." Right? I mean, this shit matters. It matters. Tom Brady, Rob Gronkowski, Rob Gronkowski thing. I mean, everybody makes Rob Gronkowski out to be this dumb Neanderthal. He's a football savant. He is unbelievably smart. Those option routes. I mean, you face those Brady teams. How many really good receivers just couldn't last with Brady because they couldn't see the same thing, right? Ocho Cinco, Joey Galloway. There's been some really good receivers that have kind of come and gone, but they just couldn't play with Brady. Grant could, and he credits the offseason, staying after practice. All, all of that stuff matters. So if I'm the Jets and I've got Garrett Wilson, Brees Hall, Elijah Moore, you know, you've got a, you've got a good – up and coming offense, you, you want buy-in, <laughs> and not just that, but to make sure physically he can beat the odds. And Tom Brady, there's a reason he played to 45. He's he's a freak with his avocado ice cream and all. Um, I get it, the ayahuasca and the Hawaiian trips and the podcasting and the shrooms and all that stuff is fun to talk about. Maybe it has its benefits, but. It wasn't the same Aaron Rodgers in 2022 that you saw MVP seasons of 20 and 21. So you're right. If, the, if you're the Jets, you, you do. I think you still need to get that buy. I think you're willing to eat 59 million or close to it if you're gonna if you're gonna get reassurances on that buy-in. Oh, I think with a new team, he would have to. Their offseason has to be a must. I mean, I don't think that would be, yeah. I mean, the great quarterbacks, the Drew Brees, McNabs, lucky enough to have been around them, different. But the the, the biggest thing they both had was they aren't going to throw to players that they don't trust to be in the right spots. The great yeah. quarterbacks have to, you have to earn their trust to play in their offense. So to me, at that point with Rodgers and Green Bay, he knew who he trusted. He was he had, his mind was made up. He knew who he was going to But they just drafted three receivers. Fair enough, but he wasn't going to he could already tell. His mind was made up. And you saw And that's where you know what? There. You can't even blame Green Bay. Or I'm sorry, you can't even blame Aaron Rodgers to an extent. You blame Green Bay because what happened the offseason prior? He he did hold you hostage so, for whatever it was, four and a half months. And you begged him to come back and you said, do whatever the hell you want. So that's what he did. But I mean, he went back right? to that rookie, <laughs> that rookie receiver, dropped that ball. That 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 was early in the season. I mean, that had nothing to do with the offseason chemistry. That was a beautiful throw. That was a flat out drop. That's Aaron true. Rogers, that's true. That's Aaron Rodgers, to his credit, never gave up on that player. Because he had drops. That's a good point. You know, and I, I do want to say, I mean, he – because guess what Aaron Rodgers recognized? Talent. I'm not going to give up on you. But off that, though, you do they do have to trust the receivers, and I think he would have to have some type of all season with the Jets, for sure. I mean, granted, they were 4-6, and 4-7, and 4-8. and eight. By the time they turned that corner and the season was kind of lost, I don't know. I, You know, the, the one receiver that I talked to for – the Jordan Love story that's up at the site, you know, 
for uh, for subscribers if you if you caught it. He's not even like an anti Aaron guy. He loves Aaron, and he said, "Look, it's good that he's changing plays a third of the time because for the most part, he's trying to get us on the right play based off the look." But he described it as almost two different languages. When when you're with Aaron Rodgers, it's it's like you're thrown into an upper level 501 class in college with the signals and the audibles and seeing different things. And when you're with Jordan Love, it's this is the play that's called. This is what Matt LaFleur wants. This is what's in the game plan. I know, I know what I have to do. I'm a young player. It's it's simplified. It's, it's the same kind of stuff that you saw the last year with Mike McCarthy when they had drafted Marquez Valdez Scandling and acquainting with St. Brown. And it, it just there there was something off there. So it's part of the genius of Aaron Rodgers, veteran receiver. Go out there, free ball it, street ball it, but you can't. I don't know. So you're gonna need that buy. But you know, he's got Nathaniel Hackett. He'll have a reason to be pissed off because he's gonna have a lot of people like us here doubting him, saying, Hey, you're 39 going on 40. Um, that's that's where every quarterback starts to fall off that cliff, and he's at his best when he is mad, and he has a chip, well, and there will be a chip with a different team. Well, the difference between us on this, I do think he's much better than Jordan Love right now. I think his best chance to win a Super Bowl is to stay in Green Bay. I think going to the Jets is going to be a complete shakeup and fun. I think it's going to be incredibly hard in the AFC. But if this is your last year for Aaron Rodgers and you pull this off for the Jets in the AFC, change your whole narrative on your career. I do. Think and if you're about yourself and Rogers you're trying to make right yourself, if, if you're all about yourself and how you're going out. Yeah. yeah why not? Why not try to go down as it? Cause it would be, it would go down as the greatest. I mean, to me, if he could pull this off in the AFC, I think that they could win the play or uh, win a playoff game. That's, I mean, that's fine. That's still a great job. Yeah, it's a great job too. But that's blah. But if it's Super Bowls, yeah, his best his best yeah. chance is to win in in Green Bay. But Green Bay doesn't want him. They, they've moved on, and I think for good reason. Huh? I think that they know right now, Jordan Love. Is the best business decision right now is to stick with what you've developed for three years. So I think there was like this inclination, outsiders kind of looking in at the situation, like similar to Brett Favre in 08. Like, why, why he did 13 and three, one pass from the Super Bowl? Why would you throw that away? Why would you throw the three years you spent working with Aaron Rodgers, developing him in, the, in this lab? And you only saw it once in that Cowboys game on Thursday night, and it was lights out. Same thing. I mean, the steps that Jordan Love took year one to year two to year three, especially between two and three, especially after the mm. the contract to Aaron Rodgers that made him the richest player in the sport. He, Love changed the calculus, right? If Rodgers changed it with those MVP seasons before, then Love changed it. And he just took it to another level. And, and C.O.C. Mariner, one of his receivers at Utah State, broke it down. They were working a lot that offseason together at he just kind of saw his focus reach a whole new level and, and he became the pissed off motivated quarterback. Um, and then you saw it in the Philly game. It was night and day different from the Kansas city game. It really wasn't a good game plan by the way on green Bay's part. So to throw that away 
right? If you're Matt LaFleur and that's the player that I keep checking my phone because I'm waiting for this new how we're doing. <laughs> um, I feel like I'm I, I think, I Matt, like we, like, we've heard from Murphy. We've heard, we've heard from Gudikins. I think what people don't really know is where does Matt LaFleur stand on this? And just talking to Calhoun, even some of these Packer players, LaFleur is ready for Jordan Love to run his offense. I truly believe that. I think that this is an organizational decision. They're all in. And they know that they can't just throw away a first-round pick and trade him because that's where they would be. If you did bend the knee once more to, to Rodgers, Jordan Love would ask for a trade, as he should. He's been waiting it long enough. And they they don't want to go down that road. So whew, here we are. <laughs> Any hour, it could happen. And I think that Green Bay will be just fine with Love. Not as good as they could have been with all those picks. But you draft a wide receiver. You get Watson back. Dobbs back. Dylan. Jones took a pay cut. Aaron Jones, your best player. Restructuring like that. Man, that says a lot. So... All right, let's move on. How about Jimmy Garoppolo? Let's let's turn to something really exciting. Jimmy Garoppolo, Jim. Doesn't it just like God, it just gets you excited for football? I if you're a Las <laughs> Vegas Raiders, if you're if you're a Las Vegas Raiders fan and and you've been just mm-hmm. like, you know, drooling over, over CJ's been and and imagining Rodgers and Devontae Adams rekindling their relationship, and you're sitting here on Monday afternoon. Maybe you're maybe you're changing the diaper. Maybe you're you're working a little NFL network in with your with your bluey. And you see Jimmy Garoppolo. Got, got himself a, a lot of money too. He's gonna be your quarterback. What what crosses your mind? To me, to me, it's it's kind of like the Seinfeld episode where you know they go to the apartment and they install the low flow shower heads. And Jerry doesn't like it. Kramer doesn't. It's like low. I, I hear Jimmy Garoppolo. It's like low flow. I don't like the sounds of that. I really don't. It's AFC. Garoppolo. His only chance was playing in the NFC on that 49ers team to go to Super Bowls. He's not. No. I don't see that happening in the AFC. You're just. You're. It's that simple for me, Tyler. I mean. There's a gap. There, these guys are elite, elite superstar quarterbacks in the AFC. I it's just keep it that year. simple. I really do. I keep it that simple. Yes, the Raiders will run the ball. I know they're going to play better defense. They're going to run the ball. You know, Garoppolo just don't manage the game. Good luck. So this and is uh, Mike Flurry always gets. Oh, you're a hater. No, I don't hate Garoppolo. I, like, I don't think he's terrible. I mean, I think he's a mid, middle-of-the-road starter type. I mean, I think you can win games with Garoppolo in the NFL. I just don't think you're going to beat – I don't know how you can win Super Bowls with him. Three years, $72.75 million for Jimmy G. Jimmy Jawline. I think he the closest you were going to see Jimmy Garoppolo get to a Super Bowl was that throw to Emmanuel Sanders against Kansas City. Your coach Great. draws it up. You have him open. You can't hit him. What else can you say? I mean, the talent was around him in San Francisco, defensively, offensively. What he was, was the a distributor. That- he, he, he could get the ball to the playmakers. What was the score of that game that you're talking about? 
I mean, they were down by one score. That that would have won the Super Bowl if he hit him. But but what what were the total points? Like what was the that was like a low, wasn't it like a low scoring game on that? It was until like the fourth quarter. Yeah. 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 I'm just my point is that's not football. Watch. Did you did you just watch this year's Super Bowl? Like that nickel dime stuff isn't going to work anymore. <laughs> you got to put up points. Yeah, you do. You absolutely do. You have to, and I'm not going to transition to uh, a story I'll have later this week, but, you know, I got into this with Pat Moran on his podcast here in Buffalo last week. It's, you've got to think shootout. You've got to think pedal to the metal. I will be every opportunity that you possibly can. And I guess maybe this is their middle ground just to bring it back to the Raiders Mm-hmm. Maybe they do still draft a quarterback, but Josh McDaniels is a demanding coach with a demanding playbook. We know all that. It's I've heard it's not fun being in his meetings. Uh, when I was working on that that Tua story last year, go along and Josh McDaniels' name came up with a source when we were, when I was talking about Brian Flores. I'm like, man, he just shreds people in meetings, like destroys players in meetings. On top of a really demanding offense for a quarterback to run so in that sense yeah Garoppolo at least he's familiar with it he's going to be able to do it and he's he's going to have playmakers around him Devontae Adams Darren Waller Josh Jacobs back on the on the Mm -hmm. franchise but you still don't have a defense I mean that going from that 49er defense to the Raiders Mm -hmm. defense I mean you're going to have to win those kind of shootouts and he's not a shootout kind of quarterback especially in a division with Patrick Mahomes and, and Justin Herbert so I don't know if there are, you know, Raider fans in Vegas. I think there's still kind of, you know, this transient bachelor party kind of team. They probably will be forever because the NFL just doesn't give a shit about organic markets and real fans. They want, you know, luxury boxes and suites. So maybe none of this matters. You know, maybe none of this matters. But, does it, you know, there might be one Raider fan listening to this that's irate over the decision. It's still drowning, right? What would Raider fans be upset about, though? I mean, at this point, you're in that division. You know you need a quarter. You know you need somebody better than Garoppolo. If you're a true Raiders fan, you can't kid yourself. I think to your point, they have talent. They're going to be – obviously, there are no easy games in the NFL. So the Raiders are going to be – you know, they scream 9, 8, 9, 10 win team, whatever. Defense takes you to another level. That's what they had in San Fran when Garoppolo was there. They had offense, defense. But you're telling me the Raiders, if we don't feel like their defense, which we know isn't anywhere close to what that 49ers defense was, how are you gonna how are you gonna outscore teams with Garoppolo? You're not. All right, one other thing. I I can't do any more Garoppolo talk. I'm sorry. This is just depressing me. This- I mean, I mean, it's my fault. I brought, I brought him up. No, it, I felt like I, was, I didn't want to bring I'm it down. down. I, I got to get off. I got to get off of it right now. I feel, I feel like you know, Sunny, Sunny's like warm milk was just sitting on the sitting on the coffee table, and I grabbed it by accident, thinking it was like my water or something. Yeah, no, oh, man, no, that was good. Let's move on. Did, let's move I wasn't on. Wasn't sure. I was. I, at first, I wasn't sure if you thought that was like. All right, Garoppolo, this could be interesting. Well, we're talking quarterbacks, and, you know, that's kind of where the Jets would go to if 
this Rogers sideways. But here's what I do want to talk about. Let's let's right. something. And we got in, we got into Lamar, so we got that covered. Um, yeah, that's gonna. I mean, that, that could be something we're we're talking about for for weeks. I mean, that, that this could mm-hmm. drag on for a while. Did, what about Austin Eckler? I mean, that kind of surprised me at first to see that he wanted a trade, and then I saw he was scheduled to make six point twenty five million this year. When you can state your case as a top five back, I mean, you you really do make that offense go with Justin Herbert, your running back. So if you've got a chance at millions of dollars, you better take that chance at millions of dollars before the league kicks your ass out the door. Statistically, I mean, it speaks for himself. I, I think he went 1,700 yards last year, ton of touchdowns, 100 catches. I think he should ask for a trade. He should try to get money. Saquon, all these running backs getting franchised. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs. Uh, Tony Pollard. So, I mean, now Jamal Williams, as I, I kind of uh, threw out there the other night. I mean, there's a lot of interest in him. I, th- I you know, there's interest. The Bills are interested for sure. The Bengals, the Jets. I didn't mention this in the tweet. I think the Patriots are even interested. But I do think the Detroit Lions and Jamal Williams absolutely have some mutual interest. I think that Joe Williams will give Detroit a chance to match anything. And the Lions are in a pretty good cap situation, relatively. And if they value him, they'll bring him back. But he's in the mix, too, at running back. So where do you stand on the running back position? And is this a smart play by Eckler? A, it's probably two parts. And then B, does he have any shot at getting more money somewhere else? Or is the rest of the NFL going to look at Austin and, you know, kind of put an arm around him and say, man, you're, you're really freaking good, but sorry, buddy, you're running back. And we just saw Isaiah Pacheco in the seventh round, you know, run like his life depends on it every down and, and win a Super Bowl. It, I, I just, I feel for these running backs, Jim, because they're, it's just crazy to me how a player can have such an impact on a game, on a season, on a team, everything. They're still, they're still so unbelievably valuable. But they're not – the pay doesn't reflect it. You still see undrafted guys, late-round guys start. It's it's almost it's, – it's kind of a weird relationship teams have with their star running backs. And then we just we just had this round of backs, Christian McCaffrey, Ezekiel Elliott, get a ton of money, and Alvin Kamara. And these teams seem like they can't wait to get out of those contracts. So it's like, all right, that was almost like that last hurrah of these backs. No, like the really, really sp- – Derrick Henry – he can he can be traded to death. It's like that 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 batch of backs. It was like that last group of no. These are studs. You need to pay them. And now those teams are all given up too. So I, I, I Austin Eckler should do this. He deserves more than six million next year. I don't know if he's going to get it. He's so good. The, the running back position is fascinating. I'm with you because when I hear that when. We just talk running backs. It doesn't even excite me for an offense. Really? Like I No. As far as coming coming from somebody who pulled off the LaShawn McCoy trade not too long I ago, love, right? I mean, I love Shady. I love running backs in general. I'm just like, the way you're building teams right now, you can find these guys to fit your system. 
I like how the Chiefs running backs look, the Eagles running backs. You look where they drafted these guys, some of them later undrafted. Um, I know Miles Sanders was a little bit higher of a pick, but um, but he's I mean, he's a good player. But point is, they have multiple guys getting the job done. Um, I think if you can fit that into your salary cap, multiple running backs that fit your style of offense, because we all know different packages require different plays and different styles of running backs, whether it's the straight ahead pound to make you miss. We're going to get this guy in space. We want to single him up. We need that style. Every style is different. That's why you need different ones. So to me, one back, is he staying on the field all the time? Durable. I mean, that to me, how you're going to get Christian McCaffrey. I mean, I can't think of a more do-it-all running back that I never thought would have to leave the field. You know, I but he hasn't, I mean, I don't know what to he's, say. He's you know what I'm saying? He's been sensational I, for San Francisco, and San Francisco probably doesn't want to pay him. He is sensational. Than they'd ever have to. I, I, that's where... That's where Tyler, to be honest with you, being out of it now, because it's funny you brought that up with Shady McCoy. That was actually a long time ago now. Like 2015. Mm-hmm. And for our offense at the time, not having that, you know, elite quarterback or, you know, forever, you know, franchise, whatever however you want to call it. We had a defense in place we thought was good. We had an offensive line. We thought we could build, you know, Rex was coming in. We were all about running the football, playing defense. You got a uh, Greg Roman's handpicked quarterback. Greg Roman, Matt Castle Greg Roman was on the board fold. with it. Yep. Cause Shady can do so much in the screen game. I mean, so it was a natural fit for us. And I mean, to me, that's one of the best trades. I, I don't know if people talk about that trade enough. I mean, Shady dominated dominated the NFL running in Buffalo. He was, it was pretty impressive. The numbers he put up. Number but one rushing being, attack in the NFL that first year. Yeah. But point being, we didn't, you know, it, it wasn't like it changed our eight win eight. losses. Right. So I have a tough time with it. I think it really has to, I really do think you have to know your team salary cap. And where you're at to sustain success and stay under the cap. You know, so I get it. I get it from both ends. I could see somebody that has a lot of room. Maybe he is that type of luxury signing. Hey, we have the cap, but we love this guy. This is a year we can do it. I've got two teams for you. One of them, uh, one of your XFL cohorts mentioned on NFL Network when they were breaking this down earlier today, Mark Ross. He was bringing the heat, by the way, on NFL Network. He did a really good job, I thought, talking Aaron Rodgers and and all things free agency. But he mentioned the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is where it gets kind of interesting, right? You've got two ownership groups in Los Angeles, formerly San Diego, Cincinnati, Mike Brown, you know, of, uh, of the Paul Brown estate who don't want to spend a lot. Of money, the Bengals and sponsors on things like stadiums, but they're going to get that Burrow deal deal done, and the Chargers are going to get that Herbert deal done, or else you know you might as well not even have football teams in either city. 
So they're both probably not wanting to spend a lot of money at a position they really don't want to. But if Cincinnati wants to go for it right now with a year or two left before a new Burrow deal would kick in, why not Austin Eckler? Can you imagine him in that Cincinnati offense or even Miami? Put him in a Mike McDaniel offense with Tua, Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddell. I, I think that you know there, there there could be fits out there. There could be a team out there willing to part with a pick, Ram style, um, pay him a little mm-hmm. bit more. I, I don't know. Hey, any, anything's possible. And then this is going to lead to another question, but I, I want you to answer that first. I almost think it's not about the fit for Eckler. I almost because he's such a good player to me. That type of talent should fit anywhere. It's about what can a team afford, you know, to acquire him. You know, who has the ability to acquire him? He should be good wherever he goes. <laughs> he's I love. He's one of my. He's turned into one of my favorite players to watch. Right? When he gets in that open field on the screen game and gets that burst, he runs by people. He runs over people. Like I said, he has. The one thing about him, we talked about this before, I think, with him, but he doesn't have a lot of wiggle. I mean, he takes a lot, a lot of hits. <coughs> he's, he's not a really elusive guy. You know, he, he's a straight-ahead, powerful, fast, you know. But for his style, you know, I could see where – how many kids you – know, I, I bumped into him at the uh, at, at Radio Road during the Super Bowl gym, and uh, yeah. I, I kind of knew Eckler from – Bleach Report days. I did a long form story on him then. Cra- crazy story. If people want to look it up, I should, I'll link it when we post the podcast at uh, at Go Long. But you know, he, his childhood was spent, you know, in a Colorado ranch, mm-hmm. installing fence posts by hand, right? Like just all day mm-hmm. in the sun, one by one. And every time I I mentioned it then, and I mentioned it again when I saw him at the Super Bowl, I'm like, man, I'm looking out of my yard. And we've got a fence. Granted, I think it's it's like our our neighbors technically own it, but they're far enough away where they just they don't care about it. So we it's on us to kind of maintain it if we want because it's pretty much on our land, even though it's their land. And there's like five, like five of the posts are like out, and I just I haven't like gotten the tools to. I mean, five, not even, maybe it's four. And I, I it, we, we've lived here for like four or five years now. Still haven't fixed them. So, so like when I first met it, it was like right when we bought the house. I'm like, yeah, we got this fence posted situation. I'm going to probably talk to you in five years and they probably still won't be put in. And I saw so I'm like, yep, they're still not in. I don't know how you did this all summer long. <laughs> Self-awareness, key to life. Good for you. You called it. You told them it might. And you that's you knowing yourself. It doesn't really bother me to see them leaning into the woods. And that's the thing. We've, you know, it's kind of a, it's a woodsy area, it kind of leaned in. <laughs> not your priority. It's not, it's not, it's not, it's not too much priority. of an eyesore, right? It's made of wood. It's with its family. As Happy Gilmore said, you know, it's kind of all, it's in its environment anyways. So it's, I, I think yes. we'll just continue on. You know, if, 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 if it ever does get warm around here, we just got another five inches of snow. So, um, which is, it really is. God, that's so depressing. Hey, I got a new worst person in the world for you, Jim, real quick. To, we can get off free agency. I want I want your take on this. So we've hit on shopping carts. I think that's been well established. We've we've won that fight. Everybody's on board. Anytime anybody sees, I just 
saw a tweet before we hit record. I'm seeing a lot of pictures. Everybody's patrolling parking lots. I'm very proud of Western New York and beyond. We've got into elevator guy, Pete Carroll, walking onto the elevator before you got off. Oh, I saw somebody who worked with Pete Carroll at the combine, by the way. And I mentioned that. And they said that they want to come on the podcast to talk about Pete Carroll because a really good guy and that and that moment of weakness shouldn't define him. So we're gonna we're gonna get her on. There's a woman that coached so we'll on, on the coaching staff. I'm not even saying he's not a okay. good guy for it. And maybe he to be honest, he wasn't the leader of that pack. He wasn't the first guy though. Oh, I thought he was the leader. No. Hmm. If I said that, I said it wrong. If I told that wrong, because he was not the first. Do you know who the first was? No. A he, member he of the Seahawks? With, he, worked, he worked for Seattle. Hmm. Because it was just the two of them. It was just the two of them. First guy comes on. First guy, I have to stop. I didn't know him. And then another guy walks by me, and it was Pete Carroll. And that's when I said, hey, you're the champs. Do what you want. Hmm. You So you did say that. You weren't thinking it. Yeah. You said it. Yeah, as I walked, yeah, as I walked off. I got it, respect it, for that. We need more of that in the moment. We need more shaming in first the moment. Thing in the morning, it was, yeah, you know how the combine it's is. Bullshit. Yeah, it's bullshit. It's uncalled for is what it is. All right, so here's, so we know that, and the, the deplaning budger, you know, if you're from rows behind and they're trying, you know, especially That's if the plane's on one. time, there's no, there's no need to hurry off. If, if you're just in a rush, awful. You know, I had that situation coming back from the combine. Somebody and the other person in the aisle, we just looked at each other and we just shook our heads and we just said, yeah, that's that's the worst person in the world right now. But I got a new one. Just happened yesterday. I'm driving back, turn on, turn into my neighborhood. So it's like two two streets away and a middle-aged gentleman is right there getting his mail, right there. And I'm going slow. I'm in a good mood. Just got... I don't even know what put me in a good mood, Jim. I just said, Sounds good. put down the window. I waved to him. I said, and I, I kind of mouthed hello. He looked at me and did not even wave. Didn't even smile. Mm. Just looked at me and then looked away. Mm. Don't know, him, you know? So I, you know, do you, is in that situation, do we allow as a society full GTA Grand Theft Auto mow down? Like, am I allowed to just run him over at that point? I would think at least the middle finger, something. There should be some type of retribution for such a crime. I think in general, to not to not get that hello back is, got it. Man, that's, that's brutal. It's just I brutal. Think, it's right there with everything else. I, f- I can't believe I'm going to say this. I think the best way to handle it is... I'm good on that guy. Like done with him. Just erase him. Erase it. He doesn't exist. Doesn't even not good enough to acknowledge you. He doesn't deserve anything else. We're we're moving on from him. Cause that's pretty low. I did I did give him a slow, shameful shake of the head that he I, he, I hope good. he saw. No, good. We won't invite him. We won't invite him to fatty beer. You know, all right, maybe, maybe I don't maybe I don't run him over, but what I'll do is <laughs> <laughs> we'll spare his life. When I turn on to the when I turn on to that road, 
I'm not going to say the road. Probably an avid listener. What I'm going to do now is just blast Lil John throw it up. You know, a, a good, aggressive, violent rap song and just turn it up. If he's out, just very, very loud. Nice, slow, five mile an hour trot past his mailbox. And I'll just look at him. And then we'll call it even. Maybe a couple times we'll make it even. Is that too far? No. Okay. All right. I like that. I like that. You can do that. All right. Back to football. Before I forget, on this point, with, I say Miami, say Cincinnati, one of these teams, I think we, we could see it this week. I mean, Miami just did the, just pulled off the Jalen Ramsey trade. He got Xavier Howard and Jalen Ramsey in a Vic Fangio defense. Holy, holy hell, that's probably a story we're not talking enough about. I think that defense is going to be really, really good. Best coordinator in the sport. We could see a team out L.A. Rams style. F them picks, Les Snead, Sean McVay. You know, maybe maybe a team like that makes a run at an Eckler, makes a run at a DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't know. So in, it, my question for you is, as a – a long-time NFL personnel man. Is it is it worth it? Was it worth it what the Rams did? I mean, they're they're trying to they're, they're tearing up all these contracts now. They're they're getting out of everything. Who knows? Maybe they'll even move on from Cooper Cup. If I'm a team, I, I'm calling them up right now. If I'm the Giants, hell yeah, I'm calling Snead and McVeigh up. And I'm, I'm hey, you want a second round pick? You want a first round pick for Cooper Cup? It's all yours. Uh, but was it was it worth it? They won a Super Bowl. That's what it's all about. But now they're completely tearing it all down. I mean, they're publicly saying all the right things about Matthew Stafford, but if the Jets don't get Aaron Rodgers, if there's another team on this musical chairs game at quarterback that's left out, you're damn right. They're probably calling the Rams about Stafford. Was it worth it? The worth it question is the tricky part of that because to do something like that, the owner has to be on board with it. I mean, it has to be presented to the owner pretty much. Hey, we are mortgaging the future. We think we can do it. I think I can win. It may have been, I would love to know if it was McVay just saying, hey, if we get Stafford, I'm telling you, we can do this. Now, that being said, there's that's a hard way. I just don't know how many people would go about doing that. It's a risky, risky way to try to build and sustain success. And I just, that's not anything you're taught in the NFL. It's about sustaining success, building year after year, competing, giving the fans quality product every year. That's what it's about the fans, right? Playing for the fans. Let's make sure we have a good product out there that all in, like I said to me, all in only works when you win and you don't go back. Because if you go back, that's like gambling. That's the, If you go all in and hit, okay, you collect. Rams collected. But the Rams had to go back in and play. So mm. when you go all in and go back and play, you can lose that. Now your pot's gone. So you wouldn't do it? No. That is not how I would build a team. Because that is – Because you're all – yeah, it's too easy to say, yeah, it works. You want a Super Bowl. But, like, Tampa Tampa didn't mortgage their future for Brady. 
that was that was done that was done you know they they got years out of that you know they they made runs again you're also relying Jaquit Tart dropped interception in the I, NFC championship game that's what I'm right? saying we, we have we have dissected that so much where it wasn't like the Rams just just you know rolled through the Super Bowl I mean it was an ultimate gamble. I mean, it was all in. But like I said, only works if you don't go back. Well said. I agree. I man, I don't know though. They won a Super Bowl. It's it's about Super Bowls. I, I and they no, did no. it, and it's a bottom line business. So um, that's one of those you tip. Hey, nice job. Tip the cat. Nice I mean, play. Buffalo to an extent. Did that with the Von Miller contract. They paid him way more money than he was going to get elsewhere. We don't know when he's going to play football next. We don't know the state of his body at 34, 35, 36. I mean, I guess they can get out of the contract after after three years. But, I mean, I we, we both talked about it. They, I thought it was a good move. They had, they had to do something to that pass rush. But now you're hoping to get something out of him next year. How does Gregory Rousseau look as your mm-hmm. preeminent edge rusher? Are you ever going to get anything out of Boogie Basham? What do you have in AJ Epinesa? Ed Oliver says he wants to get paid. I, I mean, you got one year left, and I don't know. I didn't really see him mm-hmm. do anything in Cincinnati game. In addition to Tremaine Edmonds, who just got a lot of money. So, I mean, we're getting up to it here on, on an hour, Jim. But, I mean, we, we, we can't go a full podcast without hitting on your Buffalo Bills. I think that Tremaine – I mean, that wasn't even a number that they would ever get close to on Tremaine Edmonds. I don't think that's necessarily going to be this colossal poison pill of a defection for the mm-hmm. defense – Again, are we going to judge the Bills off of regular season success or the playoffs? In the playoffs, he was, speaking of mowed down, he was mowed down by that Cincinnati front. Ed Oliver evaporated. So I don't have a problem with either one of those players leaving. I mean, honestly, if you're forward thinking, they've got to do something bold here. I would trade Ed Oliver. Something. Make a trade. Think outside the box because this, the funny money, the, the big deals coming on, they, they signed Connor McGovern, right? I mean, a reasonable deal. That was good. You know, do something with your offensive line. Brandon Bean has to get creative for this roster to get better. I don't know how he does it, but he's got, he's got to think outside of the box in some way. Maybe it is a trade. Maybe it is Odell Beckham, but for the love of God, don't pay him 20 million a year, which is what he apparently wants. Good luck. I don't know what it is. Does anything come to mind for you? The secondary. I still think that secondary needs a – I mean, I'm not sure how comfortable they are right they, now. They drafted a corner in the first round, Kyrie Elam. Right. I mean, how did he play? I don't – I didn't see not him. Good. I didn't think he stood out as a – and like I said, Trey White. Is he Trey White? Is he the Trey White that before the injury, you know, we haven't seen that yet. He's supposed to be this year, you know, it takes another year to fully recover from that. So there's some unknowns and then Poyer. 
right? He's gone. He's, he is as good as gone for sure. So you see what I'm saying though? To me, that's secondary to me. And he, how are you going to beat the Bengals? How are you going to beat anybody? The Ravens, the Chargers, the Chiefs, obviously. How are you going to beat these teams if your secondary isn't one of your, your has to be your strength? Pass rush strength. Pass rush secondary. See that, man, I wish I was a fly on the wall in that room because if I'm Brandon Bean and I'm sitting there with Sean McDermott and we've gone through how many drafts together? Four, five. So you guys were there for 17. So we're talking 18, 19, 20, 21, 22. This is the next. I'm saying, all right, Sean, enough defense. Enough. Enough. How many pass rushers? How many DBs? Did you see the Cincinnati game? I know you wanted the coffin corner your way through it, and you thought you'd get two defensive stops in the fourth quarter. You weren't stopping anybody. Lean into your strength. Lean into Josh Allen while you can before these hits take a toll, before he potentially starts going downhill like a Cam Newton if those hits add up and the injuries. And we had They had an injury last year with the UCL. You, you have to lean in to what you do have. I would just be thinking offense like crazy through free agency, through the draft, weapons galore. Do everything you can to just outscore the other team. And it's going to be really hard for a defensive head coach to wrap his mind around that kind of philosophy. But until they make that philosophy change, the results are going to be the same, in my opinion. I love it. Because I'm, we talked about it, secondary and receivers. I, they have to find a way to get that receiving core how they want it. Because we talked about it, it just seemed too patchwork. You know, patchwork last year. They were just grabbing guys. They didn't. It wasn't. Nothing seemed natural like it used to, except for Diggs, obviously. Um, but everybody else just didn't seem as natural fit as we would have thought. Um, even the running back from the Colts. Um, in the trade Hines I, I thought they would get more out of him well I, I that's where I, I I commend the bills for finding a way to to, to keep him it would have been easy to make him a, a cap casualty to save save a few extra million no he, he's a damn good football player I think so too. I feel like every time I turn the Colts on Naeem Hines is doing something I'm and then you. they trade for him like this is after a full a full off season where they wanted Chase Edmonds and Chase Edmonds said no I don't want to pay New York taxes so we went to Miami, JD McKissick that trade he has last second change of heart and goes back to Washington and Beans pissed off for good reason they they make you know they flirt with Kamara they flirt with McCaffrey they make the trade for Naheem Hines and they don't play him they don't use him. And he wins in the game as a kick returner. A kick, a kick returns, barely a thing in pro football anymore. He wins wins in that game, the DeMar game. Uh, yeah, I mean, that is worth an hour in itself, <laughs> the Naeem Hines effect. So you've got a full off season to figure out how to use a special talent. Mm-hmm. That, that's where you can get excited if you're the Bills. Like the, James Cook, he's got to take a step. Daw- Dawson Knox, like you've got to. You've got a talent at tight end. Use them. Uh, there's going to have to be improvement from within if they're on, on, on offense, especially with Cincy in Kansas City, in Jacksonville, in Miami. 
Chargers, all these teams. By the way, the Chargers just signed Eric Hendricks. Not a bad, not a bad two-year deal there. Any final free agency thoughts here, Jim? Anything else that I mean, was there a deal that you saw crawl across your screen and you just your jaw hit the floor? No. I, I think you and I are kind of feeling the same about it. Nothing's did you say Henry to the Broncos? I just kind of threw that out there as a possibility. Oh, I didn't know I if think, that was like a rumor. If you had, I heard it as a rumor. You hear things, but I mean, they they didn't mess around. Sean Payton was a busy man today, beefing up well, that offensive line. They got man hurts. He's a he's the be- one of the best blocking tight ends in the NFL. That's right. I this that's so, intriguing to me right now. That's probably my most intriguing thing. I'm, I'm with Russell Wilson. And, and who I consider, you know, lucky enough to work with Coach Payton. And, and I'm so fortunate to have been a part of, you know, a small part of that. But I mean, you guys, putting together, part, he's putting, you guys they, found, you knows, discovered Chris Manhurts and he's still playing. <laughs> it's amazing. If he knows, if he knows that, if he believes in their defense, because they do have talent on that defense, and he believes in Russell Wilson with a running game. I'm intrigued by Denver because that could be the anti the the opposite of the types of teams that the Bengals and Bills and Chiefs are used to playing. Now all of a sudden you're playing a team that does have a running game defense with a legit Russell Wilson, if not asked to be a superstar anymore. Russell Wilson, if if, if Sean Payton's able to find a way to get the most of what Russell Wilson has left in him. Obviously, Russell Wilson isn't talented enough at this point to run around and make the incredible plays he made in Seattle. That's not him anymore. But maybe with Coach Payton in a running game and a different style of offense and a defense, that that takes Mahomes off the field. That takes Lamar Jackson off the field. Mike, like the Titans Mike tried to do like the Titans tried to do, which we've been critical of. But the Titans are number one seed. You know, they are having success in the regular season with that style with a quarterback, Ryan Tannehill, who's not good enough. Can that style style with Russell Wilson, if he has enough left, be the answer in Denver? Uh, That would be, there's there's my big free agent take, Tyler. The Broncos, what the Broncos are trying to build to win with Russell Wilson this year. So right tackle Mike McGlinchey, five years, $87.5 million, more than $50 million guaranteed. This is Ian Rappaport, NFL Network, with those numbers. Um, I mean, the numbers on McGlinchey, so he's allowed at least five sacks, and at least 28 total pressures in each of his four seasons. Uh, yeah. So I don't know how good he is. Do you? I do. I, that's a lot of money. I do feel like in that offense, though, as a run blocker, he was very, very good. Uh, so if you're going to run the ball a lot, maybe that's a strength. <laughs> They're making the financial commitment. But I can't talk myself into Denver. I'm sorry. 
I spent way too much time pumping up Russell Wilson, Nathaniel Hackett last off season. I, I need to see it before I start no. saying that Russell Wilson is going to win at this point of his career. What I'm saying is he, Russell Wilson can't win unless you're building that type of team around him with coach Payton. Yeah. Coach Payton and Nate, Nate Hackett. That's where I would have to disagree with you on um, <laughs> comparing the two to say that Russell Wilson and Sean Payton is a little intriguing to me. That's all I'm saying. As you were just talking there, Jim, the, the free agent move of the century just went down. Let's hear it. Jameis Winston is back in New Orleans. One year. That's our first $8 million. Wow. We love Jameis on this podcast. We were just talking to Nick Underhill not too long ago about Jameis being the guy in New Orleans. They got Derek Carr. He's right where he needs to be. If I'm Jameis and I'm looking at backup opportunities, hell yeah, I'm probably staying in New Orleans. I know we got to wrap things up, but this is a topic for another show. But I'm not going to take credit for it because I heard it on Dan Levitard. But they were discussing backup quarterbacks. That's what made me think of this. But they said there's two kinds of backup quarterbacks. It's the kind that he just comes in and gets you excited for a couple games. and gives you a little hope. But in the end, you know you have no chance. Or it's that guy you just look at each other and be like, oh, shit, we got no chance. <laughs> they said those are your two kinds of – so you just think about it. They said like Ryan Fitzpatrick, you know, he's the ultimate like, oh, yeah, we you know can't wait to get him in there. Yeah. But, you know. But I thought that was a good way to describe backup quarterbacks because it's funny. Jameis Winston, to me, would fit the – you know what? tell you what i think he's the guy we can win with him you know when he comes in and the longer he plays it's harder for him to be the starter but for four or five games could Jameis winston come in and and win two or three of those he can he definitely can i like that move as a backup i feel like Jameis winston has a nick Foles moment in him at some point of his career <laughs> like Jameis winston is gonna Wins win a super damn bowl. super bowl He's gonna, it's going to be like a Philly special type of play. He'll make some like bananas, bananas just crazy-ass play, <sighs> everything on the line, and he'll be a legend. And there'll be streets named after him. There'll be statues built for him. It's coming. It's coming. Mark it down. He'll be a Bourbon Street legend at some point of his illustrious career. He would be. All right. That's going to do it for this show. Thank you, everyone, for listening and watching. And live streaming. This is this was fun. This is our first time on StreamYard, so we're going to keep this a regular feature with Go Long. Go Along with Dun and Monas. Sound like Austin Powers there. Allow me to introduce, allow myself to introduce myself, Jim. Um, <laughs> I wasn't even thinking that. We're gonna do a we're gonna do a draft party show at at Fatty. So uh, more details on that very soon. Going to talk to the, the fellows over there. Get that situated so if you live in western new york come on out beer on monus he loves opening up that beer tab he's Always. way too nice of a guy way too generous it's a must generous with that do you like do you like that move on my part i just say i just say you're gonna buy everybody a free beer um you know it's gonna happen we're gonna do it that's part of the deal first you know we gotta get first drinks absolutely 
And in terms of the written product, as mentioned, we'll have uh, some Bills coverage at Go Along this week. Be sure to read Bob McGinn's first look at the NFL draft. 55 prospects, scouts, personnel men across the NFL. Some scathing reviews. Man, there was some ugly in there, uh, but they're honest, as always, when it comes to even some of the best of the best, like Jalen Carter, but also a lot of effusive praise. I was shocked at what scouts had to say about C.J. Stroud, Bryce Young. So that is only for our subscribers, so a really good time to subscribe to the newsletter if you have a chance. And to our loyal listeners, thank you so much for making this podcast what it is. Rate us, review us. That's how we keep this thing growing. Share with a friend. Uh, We're all word of mouth. And hopefully we'll see you at Fatty soon. Thanks so much for uh, checking us out.